Welcome to another episode of the Overflow Podcast. My name is Ian Warner, and I am here with my friend Wendy, and I am beyond excited to have you on the podcast, and thank you for, for jumping on, Wendy. No problem. Thank you. And yeah, just I always started off by just affirming, you know, what I have seen in you, and um, obviously just getting to know Fabian a lot more. I spent a lot more time with Fabian than you, but... Um, in the time that I have spent with you, I've seen in multiple instances, like you dropping everything to serve somebody else. Um, one time we were here at the house and um, a lady who is often around the neighborhood who she came, she had no shoes on and, you know, obviously was in a distressed situation to some degree. And yeah, and you immediately just dropped everything and went and got an extra pair of shoes that you just happened to have on you and gave them to her and just were there for her and you were just a friend for her and um i think that's a really important lesson in just so much of doing ministry like jesus is being willing to be inconvenienced and so many people don't want to be inconvenienced right it's like people just show up at random times and you'd rather be doing something else um and yeah and you dropped everything in order to to be with her so um yeah that's why I, i i wanted you on and you know one of the first questions i wanted to ask is just where do you think your heart to serve others in that way has come from? Well, like the incident you were just talking about, um, I've had many people, it's, it's not happened a lot of times, but when it has happened, it's, it's stuck with me. And it, to this day, I'll, I will not forget it. Um, people helping you out, like dropping everything and at the least, you know, expected time, um, I was down. I had to get a birth certificate when I was going through custody battles with my kids, you know, to keep them. And uh, I had to have a birth certificate, and it was like the day before court. And if I didn't have it, you know, it was all going to be bad. Like the court, the court date would have been bad because um, we wouldn't had ever. Okay, we got to stop that. Wrong one. See, I told you I'm going to step all over my words. It's all good. You're you're all good. Just keep going. So I was at down to get um, her birth certificate, and it was the first one that we got for her, so it shouldn't have been no charge, but they told me that I had to pay $20, mm-hmm. and I had to have it, and it was closing down, and we had to have it for court the next day, and this guy behind me, just he just pulled out the 20 and swooped it underneath the, the glass, and before I could even know what was going on, he had done, he paid for it and he didn't have to. Like he, I thought he was judging me when he stood behind me because he had mm-hmm. to hear the whole, you know, child custody and, you know, fighting for him. And he heard me and I start, started to cry. And I thought he was just sitting there back there thinking I was, you know, a bad mom, basically. And when he just slipped that underneath the window, I, I realized that I just judged him. Mm-hmm. And without, I just judged him and what he was thinking and wasn't like that at all people do things like that for me and it, it sticks to me. So when someone needs me like that, if I have it, I have to give it back. I have to give it to them. I couldn't walk away and worry about them not having the shoes or, and she's ha- that lady actually has helped me a few times. So mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, she's really I've nice. seen her help yeah. other people too do yeah. the same thing. You take every, take the shirt off her back for others. It happens a lot. Mm-hmm. And this community it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Everybody kind of helps each other. Mm-hmm. Even people who don't like each other in this community ends up helping each other. Mm. So, yeah, you know, there's there's a story um, in the Gospels of you know a lady who gives you know a penny to the church, right, and um, or she gives a penny to help someone, and uh, it's like 
Jesus is making that as an example of like someone who has millions of dollars, but maybe gives a hundred dollars. It's like, he's like, no, she's giving more because she's giving everything that she has. And Mm -hmm. that is one thing I have noticed. And like, I love just the people I've been able to meet in this neighborhood because they'll give everything that they have. Even when sometimes they don't even really have it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, like I'm not even sure sometimes if they even have it, <laughs> but they'll find a way they'll, to get it. Yep. To, to, to get it. Yeah. For order. somebody else. Yeah. Even when they needed it, they'll, they'll get it for somebody else before. They, yeah. I've seen it happen here. What? what? It, it's, it's, well, you know, actually, you know what, uh, before I go to that, one thing I want to touch on, you talked about was just the judgment of <laughs> the, the guy behind you, who you were scared was judging you. Mm-hmm. And then you were making a judgment about him. Yeah. And then he ended up swooping that $20 under. Yeah. Why is it that we spend so much time worried about other people judging us? I, I don't know. I wish I did. I don't know. Do you know for yourself why why it's a fear for you? Like Because even before we hopped on, we started the podcast, that was one of your worries that people are they're going to hear you. Or even if you, you know, you mess up a story or how you wanted to start over, it's like, I don't know. I'm not, I guess, um, not being um, accepted. Maybe mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. It's just, it's just been, yeah. I think everybody has a fear of it though, in some way or another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you think, um, part of, you know, that maybe fear of acceptance is like, you know what that felt like before to not be accepted. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you talked a little bit about, you know, that custody battle you went through and for your kids and whatnot. So how did that shift your life? Um, um, it's still shifting mm-hmm. from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not quite. Um, I end up losing custody of my kids. Mm-hmm. I'd, um in the beginning, I didn't think I was going to make it. I didn't think I'd make it here to this day. Like, I didn't see a future or a purpose for a future. I just kind of <clears throat> gave up. Um, looking back then and now, it took a while to get here, but it's just slowly um, things that, uh, happiness, little things start coming back, like the little reasons to get up and go and then, realizing that my kids still needed me and that I was still mom. And that's why I started getting up more and more. And But the, I'm glad I didn't just give up. I'm glad something made me just keep going because I wouldn't be, I'm happy to be here now to the, today. And I know there's a lot of moms out there that lost custody of their kids and they felt the same way in the beginning. And I've met quite a few and I like to go to like, um, we had support groups, you know, they don't have them anymore. They, they quit doing them. But they had support groups for moms that lost custody of their kids. And it was great because there was different stages. You know, the mom who was getting ready to lose her kids and the mom who lost her kids, you know, three years ago versus the mom who just lost her kids. And then, you know, meeting someone that's lost their kids six years ago versus someone that lost their kids like a week or so ago. They're in two totally different places. The one doesn't see a future or a reason for anything. It just wants to give up. And the mom was like six, and they lost him six years ago, sees, remembers what it was like to feel that way. And if they would have gave up, what they would have missed along the way. And truthfully, I raised my kids, and they are who they are because of who, you know, I raised them to that point. And in looking back at it now, I, 
it was the best thing, truthfully, because I they're now getting things that I couldn't give them. Like I mm. gave them as much as I could. I'm still part of their life. You know, I'm still mom, but I did as much as I could. They're doing um, better, I guess. Mm. It's really hard to say that, but yeah, because I because I think what's hard about saying better is like what what constitutes better, and I, and I and I say that from a standpoint of in 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 America, we always think more is better. You know, more money is better. Not and, necessarily and, more, yeah. more of anything. Um, yeah. Just the opportunities that they have in them. Um, they have a lot more opportunities. I can't. I gave them everything I, I really had to give them. Yeah. And like my daughter, she's in college now. I could have yeah. never afforded that. Um, my son, like football, and I couldn't afford any of that stuff. There's, and I had a lot of kids. I didn't. When I had them, I wasn't planning on being a single mom. And bad circumstances happen, and I end up being a single mom. Um, so you talked about those support groups. Um, what stopped those support groups, and why why they get canceled? Uh, I think it was funding. funding. I think it was funding. They they didn't have very many of them to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was funding. They have a lot of support groups for um, moms who you know kids have passed away, but not for moms that your rights have been terminated. Mm-hmm. And it's, it feels the same. I believe it feels the same, same well, sorrow. It kind of sounds like maybe that's something that we could do here at this house. That, that would be you, nice. You could help lead that. That would be really nice. Yeah, because I, I, it's I've a, never thought about that before. It's a lot but. more. There's a lot more women out there that, and dads yes. too. I mean, baby, and he. It still affects him today. It's mm-hmm. both sides. It, it people just don't realize it, and parents who lost, you know, custody of their kids don't want to talk about it so it's really not out there we kind of suffer alone until we meet somebody else who's been through it and then it really helps knowing well, someone else i have i have a hundred percent and that's why i bring up maybe meeting that again because i've met a lot of people who the huge turning point in their life was losing a custody battle yep and then drugs alcohol yep. a bunch of other did things it. yep did it kind of came into play and yeah and you're going on a little roller coaster for a while, and, and you kind of realize you need to you need a reason to start. You know, I needed a reason for I had to look for who I am now and what was my purpose because I thought being a mom that was my purpose. That's all I did. I did it for 17 years, and that's all I wanted to do growing up. And to having that ripped away from you, like I didn't have a purpose no more. So finding a purpose for me was a big thing. So as you know. You lost that thing, and God started to kind of give you a, 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 a new purpose. Where you are today, why do you think God has you here? Um, I realize that I'm still a mom, so that purpose is still there. It's just in a different form. I know it's not the same. It's it looks different than it did, but it's, I'm still a mom. But the, now there's, I'm still learning what I'm supposed to be doing. You know what I'm called for. So I just go with what feels right at the time. Um, I help, I help as much as I can for whoever needs help. I'm still trying to find my way. Yeah. One, one thing I'd be interested to know from you, cause I've, I've talked with Fabian a little bit more about this, but I'd be interested to get your perspective. You know, when we talk about losing hope, you know, so much of what the Bible is, is hope in Jesus Christ in understanding no matter how low we are, no matter what we've been through, no matter what we've done, that Jesus takes that on and gives us a new life so that we can go forward. But the church hasn't always done a great job of 
building that bridge with the community around it. Um, what are some of the things, in your opinion, that make it hard to turn to the church? I don't know. Truthfully, for me, it was just... Um I was kind of scared to come to church, and the, the church that I grew up in—that you know—that was I was used to it. It was it was normal, so I wasn't too scared about that. But coming into a, a new neighborhood, you know, a diverse neighborhood, and yeah, I was kind of scared to go to church. Thought that I, you know, I wouldn't fit in, or some churches can be judgmental. They 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 really can. It's more like a high school. A lot more gossip and stuff going on that, than, yeah. So you feel like, um, even like in the in the depths of everything that was going on, um, did it ever cross your mind that the church should be the place that you should go? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But did you, but you didn't, or you um, did at times? I did, I did, I did. I went did. to a couple of different ones, mm -hmm. and uh, never found one that I felt comfortable in. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was. When the church really it was just me, I wasn't comfortable yet. So, do, do you uh, feel like you have to kind of clean your life up before you can come to church? Yeah, I did. I, I did, and I did some cleaning up before I started going to church again. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I feel like God wants me to go to church, even if, even if I am dirty. He'd rather mm -hmm. have me in church mm -hmm. than than out Amen. continuing. You know, at least it's a a step. You know. He, at least I hear his words, and mm. it's better than what I would be doing if I wasn't in church. So my yeah. mom always told me, if you don't want to go to church, that's when you should go to church. So. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I, I, one thing I always say is you, you have to catch a fish before you can clean it, you know? And um, it's like we have to, we try so hard to change in our own strength, and we fail, and we fail, and we fail, and we fail, and things don't go right. But when we forget about other people. We forget about what makes us uncomfortable and judgment and all that stuff. And we remember that when we are, when we allow ourselves to be caught by Jesus, to sit in his arms, that then he cleans us and he changes our hearts. And all of the things that we're seeking, the peace and the love and the joy, it all, it all flows from being caught first. And I, and I think the, the other area I'll say that I, is so... I, so I, I remember when you first came to our connection group and um, yeah, it was uncomfortable for you because you don't, you don't know us and you know, it's a bunch of people you don't know. Fabian tricked me. Yeah. Fabian, tricked, <laughs> he did trick you into coming, which made it even worse. And I tried to give you the out that you, you know, I didn't want, I didn't want you to feel like you had to stay, mm -hmm. but I also so wanted to give you an out that if you wanted to go, you know, you could, but, but also know that you were welcome. But I think one of the challenges is, I'm just as broken as you are, right? Like I, I need to be saved. I needed to be caught by Jesus. I had and have sin in my life and I sinned and I have to ask for forgiveness from my wife and my friends and people around me, people I work with. Um, but somewhere that starts getting misconstrued and especially in America, it's like we can very easily get to a place where it's like if your life looks a certain way, like I have it all figured out, I have everything all together, and that those people don't. Um, when in reality, 
and this is what I've been pressing on you with overflow is I need you to serve here just as much as I need to serve here. Right. Cause you have gifts, right. You have things that God has equipped you to do. You have experiences that I don't have. True. Yeah. And, and people, and people need that. So maybe our brokenness looks different on the outside and maybe the world sees it different, but we always come back to the fact that God doesn't see it. He doesn't see it as being different. That's a really good way to look at it. Yeah. I, and I think Fabian's really good about that is he just, he recognizes, he recognizes God has gifted him in certain ways and he just tries to use what, what God has, has given him. So my, my prayer for you, Wendy, is that, yeah, you just continue to have courage in Christ that not in your own flesh, but in him, that he's going to strengthen you and continue to add purpose. Because I know for a fact, when we open the doors to this place, there are going to be people that are going to have experiences that I can't relate to. There are going to be some I can, but there are going to be some that I can't. And I'm going to be like, man, I wish, I wish Wendy was here, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I kind of forced myself to come here today, actually. Mm -hmm. When you came to, to uh, rescue me, when my car broke down, I was, when he, Fabian's like, okay, you're going to come. And I'm like, oh. I looked, you know, I've been in the car all night long, sleeping, and the dog and the cat, and still wearing the same clothes from yesterday. I really didn't want to come. I didn't want to come. So even, <laughs> even with that, it's like, I think that's such a crazy thing in, it's not even something I'm even thinking. Mm -hmm. Like, and again, I'm not saying that this doesn't mean anybody thinks like that. There are definitely people that look at your appearance. Mm -hmm. I am not a fashionista, as you can see. I am never. Dressed. I believe in that. The you know the first first appearance. You know that, that all that matters. But yeah, yeah. I just thought, you know what? Just go. Just go ahead and do it. I force myself to do it. So here, here's a question. I'm, I'm curious to know um, when you did come to our connection group because I think this could be helpful for people in just one thing we're trying to really do well at Cottage Grove is his neighbor and in being able to, being able to invite anybody to just come to your house. When you did come to the connection group, you were uncomfortable at first, obviously. Yep. What were some things that helped you to be comfortable and feel like you could come back? Um, I think it was um, hearing... Um, her story and realizing that, you know, she, she they have the same kind of struggles that I had mm -hmm. um, made me feel like uh, my things that I've been through weren't, weren't going to be looked upon, you know, down on. Um, I wasn't being judged about it. Because, um, right, because just so I'm sure, when you came, you're doing testimonies? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I'm happy you said that. That's a good point because... So much of it's that judgment. It's it's thinking that I my story is the worst. Mm -hmm. I'm the only one who's done the things mm -hmm. that I've done. All these people are clean, and then when you start hearing people's stories, you're like, oh, yep. we're all we're all broken. And I think that is something that is such an easy way to bridge any gaps. It doesn't matter racial gaps, ethnic gaps. Um, you know, socioeconomic, it doesn't matter. It's like once you start telling people honestly who you are and what you've, you've been through, um, like, so even just today, right, and someone came to, to chat with me and about things they're struggling with, and she's struggling with pornography and masturbation. And, like, what's crazy is 
that is a great example of something so many people in the church struggle with, but mm. nobody actually talks about it. So everybody thinks they're the only one struggling with it. But when we're willing to confess our sins, like one, Jesus forgives us our sins, which is what matters the most. Mm. But then it invites other it invites other people in. It does. Yeah. I think a lot of people struggle with a lot of things they don't want to admit to or, or talk about. But when you do you realize that there are a lot of people going through the same thing and you, you truthfully can help each other through it just by being honest. And I, I can sit and lie about the things that I've been through and, and didn't, didn't do, but no, I can't get no help. You know, people don't know if they don't know the real me, how are they going to help me? If I'm not showing them what's wrong, what's broken, how are they going to help me? And vice versa. I think. So right now in your life, just to provide perspective, what are maybe two of the things that are the hardest for you right now? Guilt. I got a lot of guilt. I think that's that's the main one. It's just guilt. Mm -hmm. And um, forgiveness. Trying to forgive or get forgiveness, I guess. Mm -hmm. So you're... you're you're tr you're having a hard time receiving the forgiveness, or you're having a hard time giving the forgiveness. Um, receiving definitely, mm -hmm. and the, the guilt, yeah. Mm -hmm. Still working on it. Mm -hmm. I still tear myself down, and sometimes I don't think um, I don't think I deserve certain you know good things yet. I don't know. It's weird. Mm -hmm. Have, and by everything it sounds like you have, but I'm going to ask: Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes. So what is it that, after accepting him, makes it hard for you to believe that he truly has taken on all your wrongs? He's taken them on. Even, even if people don't forgive you, right? Like, you can wrong me right yep. now, and I could never forgive you. And that's, that's really between me and God, because now I'm expecting forgiveness for my sins when I am not forgiving others. So that becomes a me and him thing. Mm -hmm. But- he still forgives you if you truly have asked for forgiveness and repented and gone to him and said, I'm wrong and I, and I need you. I, it's not, I think it's more of me forgiving myself. Not, I mean, I, I, I believe that he forgives me and, and, but I just don't see how, you know, you know, sometimes that I'm guess that's, that's, he loves me that much that he can, mm -hmm. you know, like, just like I love my kids and I can, I forgive them for anything that they do. You know, they can't do no wrong that would ever make me stop loving them. So I look at it that way. That helps me remember how much he loves me by thinking of it that way. Mm -hmm. So but yeah. it's me for, for forgiving myself. That's so hard. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes we're our, our own worst critics. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think what you said is just a beautiful thing to end on in remembering that no matter what he forgives us because he loves us that much mm -hmm. that's why we celebrate like that for me is why i love being in this community because and i can talk to anyone because it doesn't matter because jesus loves me so much i want other people to recognize that mm -hmm. It doesn't matter whether it was drugs or you did this or you hurt this person, you killed that person, you threw this person down, you left that person hanging, yep. whatever it is. Yep. When you run to him, he accepts you with open arms. He forgives you. Sometimes other people won't forgive you, but he forgives you. He loves you. And 
but but then he changes us and he gives us a whole new heart he gives us a whole new set of eyes a whole new way of seeing seeing the world and it's such a it's such a beautiful thing last question what would your encouragement be to and you've been to cottage grove so you've seen what our congregation looks like and just kind of the how things operate and whatnot what would your encouragement be to someone who maybe they want to get involved in something like overflow they want to serve the community but they they're scared just like you like you know you're scared to come to church they're scared to get out in the community um i'd say just just come out even if it's just um going with a friend you know take a friend with you just go ahead. you have things to give that you don't even know um that somebody needs yet and um It can't hurt. I came and it was, didn't know exactly what, why I was going. I just know I needed to do something different. Mm. And Fabian wanted to go. He just kept saying, you know, let's go to church. You want to go to church? And then he said he met you. So I thought, mm. and then he just could be, he was getting happier and happier. And, you know, he had something like, I don't know, something to do, something to work for. Mm. So the more happier he got, the more I wanted to. So I went down, and it. And I was worried. I thought it was going to be really nervous, you know, nerve wracking. But everybody was really nice. It was really comfortable. And you sat up in the front too. I did. I did. Normally, I hide I, in the back, but he drug me right up front. And, yeah. I I, rem- I remember that. I because I because I know where he sits, and I remember you were a little bit late that day. Yep. And um, yeah, that was that was good. That was, <laughs> that was a a good first time to have to sit maybe like third row. Well, okay, Wendy, I love you dearly. I appreciate you. And I genuinely, and that's why, you know, you're not, it's on the podcast, so other people hear it now. <laughs> I think you'd be a huge asset to just serving here and just, it's going to bring people who, who need help and they don't, they don't even know what help they need. And you're going to be able to help them figure out what help that they actually need to, to, to move forward and just be able to, provide your perspective and the things that you've been through because god didn't bring you through those things and you know he's not he's going to use all that for good he's going to use all of it to glorify his name in some way he's going to use all of it to build his kingdom in some way we may not know it yet today what that's going to look like but um, I'm, I'm very thankful for you thank you thanks for hopping on the podcast